Welcome to Just an Average Citizen, the podcast that helps to inform, educate, and empower you to make an impact in Abilene and the big country. I'm so excited you were able to join us after all your holiday festivities that happened during Thanksgiving. I hope you were able to spend some time with some family, some friends, and eat some really good food. I just wanted to share a little bit of our spread. I I was so excited we got to host it this year and to to share some of the yummy food that we got to eat, and it just really didn't present well for all the people we fed. But I've decided, you know, that's okay. We had plenty of leftovers, plenty to go around, and you'll notice one thing absent, we had no green or healthy items on that spread or in that spread. And so my daughter asked why. And I said, well, we're not really going to eat it anyway. We really want this good stuff. So we we did the good stuff for this day. And then I also wanted to tell you how thankful I am that we had a double oven. It was used so much. And of course, this features my daughter's amazing yeast rolls and her homemade mac and cheese. So we were all enjoying ourselves and had a great time enjoying the weather and just some time to stop from the regular everyday activities and just be grateful for all the way God takes care of us. There are some great announcements I'd like to point out coming up in this next week. And this is a little premature because we're not to the week in the preview, but I thought this was important to catch if if you didn't catch the rest of it. There have been four finalists announced for the Abilene Chief of Police. The candidates will travel to Abilene, so to me that sounds like they're not anyone from Abilene, and they'll have in-person interviews, meet and greets with the police department on December 11th, and then they'll hopefully make the final selection by the end of the year. And so that's really good news because we do need a solid police chief because one of the main jobs of municipal government is to protect and provide safety for its citizens. So I'm glad we're getting that one squared away. There's another announcement um, of an upcoming event on Tuesday, which is the Christmas tree lighting and locomotive sculpture unveiling. So the train unveiling, which was the uh, sculpture, locomotive sculpture donated through the Abilene Cultural Affairs Council. I'm not sure if it was through it or just some citizens got together and raised the $170,000 to um, fund it, but it will be unveiled in front of City Hall at 515 and then the tree lighting will be at 545 and then you just can hop over for the Christmas parade that starts at 630 and it should be a beautiful night so lots of people hopefully will come out and just enjoy one of these long beloved traditions of our community. I also wanted to show you this picture as I was heading up to the city hall for the meeting on Monday I just noticed this crew getting ready for the unveiling of the locomotive and they were planting beautiful bushes and different tree um, landscape items. And, and I just walked up to the lady and I told her, I said, I just want to tell you what a great job y'all have done landscaping the front of this building, because I will say, I always stop and want to take pictures of the flowers and just the different type of vegetation that they have planted in those boxes. And she was like, do you work with the city? And I said, no, I'm just a fan of what you do. And so she's like, well, there's rose bushes. So I said, well, I hope we can smell them when they come in. And so it was just a really fun interaction just to be able to have with some hardworking employees who do their best to make this, this building look 
as best as it can. And I think the landscaping really highlights the outside in a, in a beautiful way. And so I just wanted to honor them and all their hard work and taking care of something I think is not quite so easy in our very weird climate for beautiful landscaping. The next thing I wanted to show you is the Winter Light Festival that they're having over off of the loop and I believe that's put on by United Way. That's a fun holiday tradition to get to walk through all the different lights. I want to say it's three quarters of a mile long and so it's only open Friday through Sunday. You can check that out on the website. The other picture I wanted to show you was the fire department has their nights of life at Safety City and this will be on December 14th through the 16th and December 21st through the 23rd from 6.30 to 9 p.m. It's free. There's hot cocoa and cookies and they'll have Christmas photo ops. And so I've, we've, we've done the Safety City event and it's a, it's a lot of fun. And it's, it's nostalgic for those of you who have kids who've actually gone through the program. So those are a few of the highlights for this special event that's coming up. Some of this is next week and then some of it will be just during the holiday season. And I'm trying to give you some information on that just so you can be informed. So one of the things I did notice is there are more minutes being posted. So again, I hope that is a sign of the way things are gonna go. It's nice to be able to look and see that being added to each of the different agendas and videos that they have for the meetings that they record and the agendas they put on. So we're excited to see some additions in that capacity. The year was only three, well, there was, there was three meetings this week and one of them was canceled. Uh, I'm, I feel like another one was canceled, but my brain's kind of spacing out on me. I do know the Landmarks Commission meeting was canceled on Tuesday afternoon. And so that left really only the Abilene Taylor County Events Venue District that happened on Monday and the Parks and Rec Recreation Board meeting that happened on Tuesday. And I missed the Tuesday one and I realized, oh, now that's why I didn't know what was going on. So again, I will tell you, if you want to kind of know what's going on in our city, these are the meetings to watch and to try and pay attention to because you'll get a lot more information by paying attention to these meetings than if you just wait for the news to report on them. All right, let's look at the week in review. So the Abilene Taylor County Events Venue District meeting, we left our house probably a little too early, got there way too early, and I think I spent more time chatting with Commissioner Statler and some other people who showed up beforehand than the meeting actually, the, the length that the meeting actually took. It was only eight minutes long. I think they did it in record time, but there was not a lot to discuss. But one of the things I wanted to point out in this meeting is that, of course, they approved the elections bill, I guess you can say, because elections cost money. They, um, oh, here it is. I have my notes here. They um, agreed to pay for this venue district board, um, venue district, I guess is what it was called, that was approved by the citizens. And so what that happened was, is every 20 years, this is renewed. So this is now the second time they renewed it and somehow they weren't quite prepared for the cost. And I thought this was brilliant. In this short meeting, uh, Judge Crowley suggested that we start preparing for the next time it needs to be renewed so that we don't have to make payments on it. 
And so while they are making payments, starting October 1st for 10000 until they pay for the venue, which costs a total of $66,000, they will pay that up. But next time they want to do this election, this bond, or not this, it's not a bond election, this venue district election, then they'll have the money set aside. And so I just, afterwards, I told them it was brilliant to prepare for things that are coming in the future. And so uh, kudos to Judge Crowley for looking ahead. But everything else um, was stuff that we've talked about. You know, there was... A total of 14,282 voters, and that was um, for the the Taylor, I think the special election for the Taylor County, um, Abilene Taylor County uh, Venue District, and so that's what they talked about, and it was done, and that was great. The next meeting that happened was on Tuesday morning, and I was sad I could not go, but we had some other things to take care of on that morning, and so I watched the video and learned about a new exciting thing that's happening in our city and something I've never heard done before, and so we'll talk about that in a minute. The first thing they did was um, recognize the Texas Recreation and Park Recre- Parks and Recreation Society the, it's called Traps, and they had a rodeo, and um, Abling Red Team won, but they also wanted to highlight the West Texas Regional Park uh, Professional of the Year was Mike Flores from Abling. And Leslie Andrews said it was a really big deal because this covers San Angelo, Wichita Falls, Amarillo, I mean, all of West Texas, and so it's not just a small award. And so that, that was a great honor for Mike Flores to be celebrated. And then they ex- they retreated to executive session, and I thought, wow, I've never seen the Parks, and, the Parks and Recreation Board have an executive session. But then when I looked on the agenda and saw, oh, they're considering an approval of commercial lease, they had to go, go through all the nitty-gritty because this is a very particular thing they have to do as a board to approve it and when they make a motion. But what basically you can see Robert Hanna talking about right now is that because of the nature, and some of you have probably already heard of this on the news, because of the nature of Chick-fil-A, it's located in a really high high capacity area. It makes for a lot of congestion, especially during meal times. And so somehow they were able to work out an agreement with the Parks and Recreation Board to release this land. And so you can see on the screen here, if you're watching, there's a, a green... Um, what is that called? It's not a rectangle. I won't even try and say it, but you can see this green shape here with the flag in it. So that is, that used to be a noodle place. And then this is, what is that, Lithia Toyota. And then we have the gas station across from Walmart and then Walmart's over here. So this is where they're going to build the new Chick-fil-A. And so what they have done is they have taken city property and created a lease agreement with Chick-fil-A to move. And it's a really interesting scenario. What is going to happen is Chick-fil-A is going to commit to a 15-year lease, and then they can renew it every five years for up to 40 years total where they can start the process again if they need to. For the first five years, they're going to pay $125,000 and some change rent. And then the six to 10 years, they'll pay $137,000 and some change and then from 11, year 11, 15, 11 to 15, they'll pay 151000 and some change. And what's interesting about that is that will, over 40 years, will be about seven, over $7 million. That will go solely into the seed funds for capital projects only. So this can't go for streets. It can't go for, I'm not sure what other items we would have, but that it can't go for, well, it has to go for parks and recreation, capital improvement. 
or capital projects. And so that's really interesting that this land wasn't being used by the city and now they have an agreement with a commercial, a private entity. And so now they're um, able to get some, some rent or some lease income, some rather than tax revenue, this is a different form of revenue. And I think this is interesting because normally they let a people use the land, like with the AYSA, there's a very minimal, if any kind of cost for using that land. So this one's interesting that they're actually going to collect quite a bit of $100,000, over $100,000. Yeah, over $100,000 for the next 40 years. So that, or for at least 15 years, and then they'll see how it goes. Um, I think that, like it was said, this is a creative way to bring in revenue sources and solve a problem with traffic at the same time. And so there's no, there's no questions. There's not really any discussion except for Gary Grubb says it was a win-win. So I think this is interesting. I think when I saw it on the news, I was like, wow, how am I not knowing what's going on? And then when I watched the meeting, I was like, oh, they released it after they had this Parks and Rec meeting. So this will still need to go to city council for approval. This isn't completely done, but it's moving in the direction to where it looks like this will be the new location for Chick-fil-A. So a lot of changes going on and a lot of creative uses of our spaces and revenue funding. Then the only other thing, there was a couple other things. Well, really the only other meeting was about the standard, the other part was the standard of care. And they talked about updating it. And then they did some highlights for different segments of the parks and recreation board. So for the first one is the parks report. And so this is a picture of, you can see on your screen, Everman Fountain getting a good cleaning. They repainted it, you know, with people, when people put soap in it and vandalize it in that way, they have to take it out. And so they just were making sure it's good to go. And so it's probably looking really nice right now. And they got that all cleaned up. Um, they also prepped, like we talked about for the train. Oh, sorry. Let me go back to this one. They also prepped for the train sculpture. You can see they're using flagstone for the sidewalk all, all over that. And you can go see that unveiled on Tuesday at 5.15. And then, of course, this, like I said, is the red team that won the champions at the rodeo. And apparently they go on to another level of comp competition. So kudos for them. The next thing, let me see if this is it. Oh, okay. Yes. The recreation division is going to have a winter break camp for children it's called Frosty Flannels and Fun. It's $100 per child. And so that's during the winter break or the Christmas break. And you have to register. Registration opens November 13th. It's from 7.30 to 6 p.m. at the GV Daniels Recreation Center. And I think they're going to be making trips to the skating place. And um, that sounds like a lot of fun for kids if you are needing someplace to take your kids. The other thing I wanted to show you was they're opening up a co-ed volleyball league. It just, registration just opened up. It's an eight-week season. The games will be at the Rose Recreation Center, and she said that they could have practices there. So it's a really, seems like a win-win situation. It's $45 per player. And I think the games start December 1st, or it opens December 1st. Yes, it, registration opens December 1st because it's from January 9th through February is that 29th? Wow, let's leap here. Okay. And then she did talk about um, the Big Country Pumpkin Chase. They had some runners come out for the race, and she said it was beautiful weather, and everybody seemed to be happy. Then the last, uh, the next report I wanted to give you was the seniors report. And we talked about this before last week when the seniors 
uh, the senior meeting or the senior, it happened at Rose Park last week and I wasn't able to go or check it out, but they're having a holiday fundraiser. And so again, I don't know what the fundraiser is about. And all that was presented was that they use it for activities at the, at the Rose Park Senior Center. And so this sounds like fun. If you want to go Friday, December 8th, they're going to have bingo. They're going to have cordon blue. And um, it's $9 a ticket and they're going to have the outlaw band. And so that sounds like a cheap, fun way to support the senior activities at the Rose Park Senior Center. And then they're also going to be doing Merry Mondays, the bad case of the Mondays. So they're going to have something every Monday in December to help encourage a holiday, a, a great holiday attitude. The last part, which I know everyone loves to hear about, is the Abilene Zoo, the report they had. And so they have a new sloth and I can't remember. Oh, Raven is, is, I believe it's her name. And so we love to watch the sloth because it doesn't move very fast if it's not sleeping. <laughs> and then they also have updated Albert. He has his hibernation place where people can still see it, I guess, through the windows here. And so he's in hibernation. And so they've updated this and created that space for him to still be enjoyed by the public when he hibernates. And then last but not least, the Abilene Zoo has its Christmas celebration. It's from December 15th to the 23rd. They have the Northern Lights, the 85-foot tunnel you can walk through. At 6 p.m. every night, they'll light a Christmas, do the Christmas tree lighting. The hours are actually from 4 to 9, and they'll also have a live nativity out there. And um, there's no new plans for the recreation centers because it's a process. They have to actually get the bonds approved. And then once the bonds are approved and the money is set aside, then they can start making plans. And she said, it'll probably be a couple of years before you know, that takes place. So that's the updates we have for the parks and recreation board meeting and lots of, of good things happened happening in the in that department for sure. Again, that's one of the meetings I think if you're going to go to one, there's a lot of good information presented at that meeting and I would love to see more of the community show up and hear what they have to say because it always makes for a, a better meeting. Okay, now we have done our week in review. Let's go ahead and move to the week in preview. <laughs> Even though you got some preview in the beginning, here's a little bit of preview. It's not going to take very long at all because there's only one board meeting this week and it's on November 29th. It's the Fireman Relief and Retirement Fund Board at 11.30 or 10.30 a.m. at the second floor finance conference room. And that is something that's ongoing. It happens typically once a month, sometimes twice a month from what I've seen. And that would be an interesting meeting to go to because they do not have that one recorded. Okay, so that's all there is for this week, minus the other activities of tree lighting on Tuesday. It's the end of the month and the beginning of the next month, the last month of the year. And so I hope there are some exciting plans on your calendar for how you're going to be celebrating this lovely Christmas season. The last thing I wanted to go into is just addressing something that I've noticed over the last few city council meetings, several board meetings to, to be sure that um, there's been a gentleman named Eddie Pubin showing up to talk about some things. And I don't really like speaking on things I don't understand. And we've had so much going on in the city that there wasn't really a good time to address it. Plus, I've just been watching to see what's happening and I believe he has showed up to three council meetings and I believe at least one, the planning and zoning board meeting and possibly, I can't remember if there was another um, 
Board of Adjustments meeting, I don't remember exactly, but I do know he was at the planning and zoning meeting. And so he's presented his case. He's made uh, some definite statements. And I just want to acknowledge it because, you know, it's so important when we as citizens need to know how we express ourselves. You can see him standing up right now at the city council meeting. I believe this is the last city council meeting that it's important for us to express ourselves and do it in a way that allows us for the best possible opportunity for results. And so it's always important to email the council members, the email the mayor, email the city manager. There are times when they're very responsive and there's times when they're not. And I know his big request has been to get something put on the agenda. And, you know, I I know having worked with the Sanctuary City for the Unborn Ordinance, it can be a booger getting something on the agenda if that is not something that is desired by the council or the mayor or the city Manager, And I'm not even sure if the city manager really puts that much on the agenda. I'm sure it's approved by the mayor and the city council. And I believe it takes at least one city council member to be willing to put it on the agenda. And so we were unsuccessful for two years and had to get a petition signed to force it to be put on the city council. And that took 6,500 signatures from registered voters within the Abilene city limits. And it was not an easy task. And that brings up the point that I think that there's not a real easy way to get something addressed except for making a public comment. And I think as he walks, as he's walked through this, things have become more direct in his presentation i will say for the most part he's very respectful and he's not um he's not he's not completely uh being cutting with his words i will say i'm looking at a sign that says if you had to have a brain now that's probably not respectful but at the same time there's been an escalation in the beginning he has spoken respectfully asked genuine questions and tried to work within the system that has happened and i will say that i think there's a lot to this story that is worth looking into and worth understanding um i can tell that from what he has said that he's not really feeling heard and and that's frustrating i've been there i know what it's like to not be heard and feel like people appreciate or value what you're trying to present and the concerns the legitimate concerns that you have um and so he has been trying to get it addressed by city council unfortunately this he's he's taken a stand and it has cost him and again i don't know all the information i've never had a convert i've never spoken to eddie Pugh, so it's not like i know a lot of the inside details but i will just say um in this particular council meeting he talked about being arrested for criminal trespass and disorderly conduct and um Ironically, after this meeting, he left in the presence of multiple police officers. The chief of police were in there. And as he was driving home from this meeting, he was arrested and taken to jail for, um, I'm not sure exactly what. And he had to post a $75,000 bond and wear an ankle monitoring bracelet, uh, ankle monitor. And so he's not... (laughs) He's not just saying things. He is paying a price for it. He needs these issues addressed. There is, I believe, a particular uh, organization called Rise Discipleship Home that he is concerned with in the Rise Church. And um, he also has some issue with some zoning, um, I believe, on Amarillo Street. There are criminal activities he is trying to present to not only the police, the city council, but also the district attorney and not having much success of people hearing him and that's where we as the public we don't know a lot of what's going on because we're just kind of observing this and we don't know all the details and so we have to be careful that um, we do research and look into it and i've been trying to but i'm not really sure exactly how to do this except that i've been watching over amount of time the story has stayed consistent and 
the concerns are still present and it seems like the scope is getting bigger as the more he tries to push through this, the more people he's including because he's not feeling heard. And and that's a really frustrating place as a government run by the people to not have a place for your voice to be heard is concerning. Um, I think we need to look at seeing where, just because of some recent events that happened with some other citizens in the city where some conditional use permits were per, were given with the residents not feeling like they were given a proper notice to be able to communicate their opinions about what was happening in the city. And so I believe that there's a possibility that this conditional use permit was also given to a place to create another halfway house on Amarillo Street, but we just have to look into it and see what's going on. And so that's something I can try and look into and find out. Because again, we need to make sure that we're following the protocol for all people and that if something is put into a unique position, that everyone has a chance at least to give their opinions. Because if enough people have certain views, then that requires the council to pass things at a, in a different format. Rather than just passing by a simple majority, they have to have uh, six out of seven pass those, uh, those motions or those ordinances or resolutions or whatever. I will say this, I have to give great props to him because of his efforts to try to raise awareness to something that he doesn't really feel like many people want to have a conversation about. Um, He's brought awareness to our right to peacefully protest. And that's a First Amendment right. And it's interesting how so many different things we're, we're learning through COVID and just other situations. What do we have a right to do? And right to peacefully protest trumps municipal law. It trumps... Um, I'm pretty sure state law, unless there's something that is there, it is it's a constitutional right and we have the right to stand up and say this is what we can do. And protesting is different than than stalking and protesting is different than loitering or there is an intentional directive behind it that allows us to do things when we feel like there's an injustice being done we have a right to protest it and the other thing I really am impressed with what he's brought awareness is our second amendment right and you know with all the narratives being pushed about gun control and gun safety and you know again I'm trying to not go too far off on one side or the other there's lots of different scenarios that we've had in terms of gun gun safety and what's going on so for him to be carrying around a I believe it's an AR-15 I'm not sure I'm not really good with guns I'm about to go to my own training so that I can be more educated on this I believe he's been carrying that around and it's a scary looking gun. It looks more intimidating than it it probably actually is. It's legal and it is bringing up some great conversations. And so I just have to give a shout out to him because what he is trying to do is creating conversations and raising awareness within our community of what we need to do and what we can do as citizens. And so I'm grateful, even though I've never personally met him, I do appreciate that there is a desire to get people more engaged and more involved in what is going on and what we the people have a say in and how our city operates. And we all win when we all become more engaged. So I hope that gives a little insight to maybe some things you've been hearing and going on. I'm not sure if it tells you a lot of the juicy details. That's not what this podcast particularly is about. But I did want to acknowledge that he has been making his presence known at city council meetings and around town trying to bring awareness to some things he has concerns with that he believes are criminal activities taking place at these discipleship homes. And so we need to do our due diligence and look into it and not be complicit with it. If we know something's going on, we need to stand up and, and make sure that people are being protected and not just leave it to somebody else to do. And so that's our due diligence as citizens. So don't forget the two things. I'm going to give you two things every week. I may not always say it, but... 
check the city calendar, see what's going on, and go ahead and find your, your place to plug in on one of those boards because you will learn a lot. You'll become more educated and informed on how you can make an impact in Abilene. And so don't forget to subscribe and share this with your family and friends. It helps to get the word out because the more people who know what's going on in our city in just the most basic way gives an opportunity to see what is taking place and how they can begin to have a healthier conversations about it. So thanks for listening. I hope you have a great last week of November and a great beginning to December. And maybe I'll see you at the tree lighting. Mm-hmm.